Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Talking Numbers. My name is Paul Jantz, and I am very, very happy to bring you something a little bit different with Talking Numbers. It is our Talking Numbers CEO series, and we're looking to close out the calendar year for 2021. Hard to believe. We really hope you've enjoyed the series that we've brought to you. Um, you know, again, today's not going to be any different to that, but it's been a series of just continual education and this is the the whole idea with all of my guests is to make sure that we're just bringing all of you as our listeners just new things new ideas strategies how are people thinking how are people feeling more in people sorry more importantly what are people doing and today is not going to be any different uh, i welcome good friend and someone that's been in the industry for a very very long time ceo of reckon sam allett Welcome G'day, to PJ. Talking Numbers, mate. G'day, PJ. Thanks very much for having me on again. Yeah, mate. It is my absolute pleasure. We've known each other for a very long time, and I think there's this has been some really, really interesting things that have been taking place. So for those of you that, that don't know, um, now, Sam, I know APS, reckon APS, you, you know, you're probably one of the largest providers in software, and you're doing a lot of different things as well, but, you know, APS have launched a new workflow product. So that's one of the key things I want to talk to you about today. Yeah, I also want to definitely. talk to you about how you go about how you go about um, improving what you're doing and who you talk to and how you come up with the strategy to, to provide customers, which are your firms, what they're looking for. So there's a few things that I want to go through. And I know it's been another COVID-ravished year. You're based in New South Wales in Sydney. You've been obviously locked down for the last four months. Um, how have you been? How's the company been, mate? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, PJ. First of all, I can't get out of my head the, the intro where you said we've we've both been in this industry for a very, very long time. I, I think we must be we must be starting to show our age. <laughs> um, but, uh, but mate, again, thanks very much for having me. Hope the listeners find it valuable. Look, let, let's face it, another tough year. I think um, talking to friends, family, colleagues, we all we all rolled out of 2020 um expecting 2021 to be a lot better and, and it started a lot better for all of us and and um as you alluded to another covid ravished year for for so many um and and so up front i'll acknowledge it's been difficult i i personally really struggled in these lockdowns um like many i'm sure didn't enjoy them at all two young teenagers uh, trying to convince them to to log on and, and homeschool trying to run the company um so and 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 business wise it's it's been difficult difficult for so many um that said at reckon we're we're very lucky um the the business has continued on so we we didn't plan to be a fully remote workforce until lockdowns hit in in 2020 and it was it was very pleasing for myself and the leadership team how easily we moved into a, a fully remote workforce uh, throughout most of 2020, and then then we started bringing everyone back into our offices around around Australia and New Zealand. And then it hit again in in 2021. Um, so whilst whilst I acknowledge it's been challenging and, and challenging for so many PJ, we're, we're lucky. The business performs. We keep supporting our clients. We keep developing products, uh, and and we actually we actually had quite nice first half results in in 2021. Brilliant. And congratulations, because I agree. I think it's been very, very hard. I agree with you. You just mentioned two teenagers trying to yeah. run a company um, from home as well as homeschool. I'm the same with my three boys. Probably the most challenging period I've had is probably the last three months as well with us. And 
but there are some great things that we are doing and there's great things that we can learn from. And that's, again, like you mentioned before, you've got a really good leadership team around you. But um, how have yeah. you found things have changed? Have you, have you seen any changes within the profession uh, because of COVID? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, I think we can all realise now everything's changed. I, I, I think there is uh, not an individual and not an industry that hasn't been impacted by COVID in some way. Um, so it, everyone's changed. And, and I think for the profession, what it's done is it's, look, to me, it's again brought the accounting profession to the forefront and shown the importance of accountants. I mean, early days in 2020 lockdowns and government stimulus and businesses having to close their doors. I remember I said it in a, in a previous blog we wrote and then, and then, you know, lots of other people spoke about it. We spoke about the accountants as the first responders to the economic impact and the economic recovery of, of COVID. So I, I think the industry has changed. They've, they've had to be front and centre supporting every business through the ups and the downs because a lot of businesses won't recover from this. We all know that. And at the same time, a lot of businesses have been able to pull back, strategize, adapt, go online, um, and, and often with the help of their advisor to, to, to get through the lockdowns. Yeah, so, it's very true. There's, 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 there's been some really interesting, when you see some, some businesses out there and the, I don't know, just the way that they've grown as well, like they've, they've had some massive results out there and then you've got others yeah. that are really struggling as well. So it's a, it's a, and PJ, I think that's the same for the accounting profession. I mean, we, we work with thousands of accounting firms and I, I don't want to make a comment that, that sort of puts everyone in the same bucket, but I know of some accounting practices who have also boomed through through COVID. And it and it's not to say they've, they've taken advantage of a bad situation. It's purely that their clients have needed them. So all of a sudden, I, I mean, to so many friends and clients in the industry, I've spoken to them, they were dealing with their own issue of remote work and remote workforce working from home but they were getting inundated from every single client about assistance. Um, and, and so I know of many accountants who billable time and they've worked weekends and, and everything's up um, and, and they're really just busting their backs to, uh, to get their clients through this. But for some of them, it's, it's been a bit of a boom period. And more importantly, I should say, it brought accountants back and, and the, it showed everyone and reminded us all of the important role accountants have. Yeah, and I'll 100%. give you a simple example. If your data wasn't up to date, e.g. if you weren't lodging the relevant BAS or tax or GST statements or you didn't have up-to-date books, it was you were chasing your tail to, to apply and get government stimulus. But, but everyone who'd worked closely with their accountant had up-to-date books and the accountant could just take them on that journey and submit and, 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 and they got their stimulus packages. Yes, very, very, very true. And I think that you mentioned it before, you just spoke about people working from home and people that were able to adapt. Um, I suppose as we as we take on more and more with this working from home, what's your take on this as we, we start to come out of, call it a little bit of freedom? Um, we wouldn't have probably been able to do, we talk about working from home and we talk about maybe five years ago, would we be able to achieve what we have been able to achieve because of the tech, because wi-fi and the, the speeds yep. and the ability for us to work in the cloud and there's no way in the world we would have been able to do that five seven years ago um, no absolutely so how do, how do you guys as a, as a company now you you can probably share how many people you've got and how many offices yep. you've got but how do you guys now as a company decide on 
coming back to work and how people can work from home and how do you decide on that? Yeah, it, it's it's a question I think well I can tell you we're grappling with and we're we're we've rolled out a plan which I'm happy to share with you. Um, and at the same time, talking to everyone, everyone's rolling out a plan and, and there's differences, but we're all grappling with the same questions. So for us, first of all, I mean, we're circa 300 people, predominantly Australia, New Zealand, um, head office in North Sydney. We've got two offices in Melbourne and, and a big office in Auckland. But I think the advantage for us, PJ, is we've got someone in every single state. We've got team in every state and, and city in Australia. We've got people spread throughout New Zealand. We've also got a US office and a UK office. So we were already using tools and technology that dealt with a remote workforce. Mm. Um, and it worked, it, the transition to a complete remote workforce, as I say, was far easier than I and the, and the leadership team anticipated. And again, big credit to our CTO, Ed Blackman and his team to, to take us on that journey. Our, our biggest challenge I can tell you now was was equipment like monitors and and the appropriate seats at home for people because you, you you set up your offices for that you don't set up everyone at home for that yes um that said i think you touched on it Te technology is available today for a remote workforce so now we're now we're grappling with business efficiencies collaboration and and culture the other thing we're grappling with is a war on talent and we've you know little to no immigration obviously over the last two years I can tell you development resources are, are very hard to come by. I know accounting resources, qualified accountants, very hard to come by. So either your costs go up by 20 or 30% in this war on talent, or you provide a flexible working environment that can attract and retain and retain your staff. Um, for us, we I remember when we went fully remote and I said to everyone, uh, we'll never work five days full time in the office again. And and I think that's quite powerful. Um, what what a statement. Two years ago, if someone had said to me, Sam, would your business run uh, remotely five days a week for all staff? 100% not, I would have said. Yeah. Mainly about, not, not because of the tech, but all about the collaboration, the culture, and the efficiency of, of having people in the office. Right now, and, and it's absolute joy in New South Wales and Victoria and, um, and to, to be opening up PJ, and I'm, I'm sure you you were uh, recognise that more more than most being down in Victoria. <laughs> yes. Um, but we so what we've done is our offices are open. Um, we are encouraging people to come in. Like we 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 have what what I think are very good offices. You know the typical bar, the the pool table, the ping pong table, as well as a lot of breakout rooms, a lot of space. So we're encouraging people to come in. At the same time we're saying everyone can stay home. So, so it's, it's different oh. for different roles and different people. I yes. think the, the, the word now is PJ, it's a complete hybrid environment. The office is open and we've got some people, I'll, I'll put my hand up, I, I thrive in an office environment. So if I'm not five days, I'm, I'd be four days in the office at the moment, but, but often five days in the office and, and I'm not alone. There's a bunch of us that do that. And we've got some people that will be five days remote and then we've got some people who, who really enjoy the hybrid. They come in one, two, three days a week um, and are remote for the rest. The bits we're grappling with, I'm a big advocate for, for mental health. And, and we've, we've very sadly witnessed this across some of our own team and, and, and they've dealt with it. 
the reality is that if you're home and you're battling and it's only you at home and all you have to do is log into a couple of Zooms and you can put on a filter, um, your, your, your battles can go hidden. And I don't think that's good enough for society personally. I think mm -hmm. people need to get out and about and, and the whole are you okay day should happen every single day. You should be able mm -hmm. to see someone who's struggling and, and support them. So I, I think that's a challenge that we, we watch closely. And from a business side, speed of, of delivery in everything we do, developing products, supporting clients, selling new products, uh, upgrading products, whatever it is we do, I think that there's time, there's a big place for collaboration, having everyone in the same room and banging through a particular problem. So, so with those, whilst we allow complete remote work, uh, if there's a project, a day, a requirement for people to come in, then, then we're mandating it for, for those particular meetings or days. That's how we're working at the moment. Yep. I've also told the team we're going to be flexible. So hopefully that works like that throughout 2022 and lockdowns are certainly a thing of the past. Yep. Um, but if we need to adapt again, either because we're not, we're not moving fast enough or because we see there's real benefits with the more remote work, we, we will adapt. Yeah, good point. And look, you just raised a couple of really, really interesting things there. If I might go off um, yeah. script for a second there and, you know, the... Like you mentioned before, you've got 300 circa, I think you mentioned, you've got a leadership team. To some of the firms listening to this, they might be sole practitioners with 10 team members. Yeah. Um, did you go about talking or did your leadership team go about talking to your people to work out what would best suit them in terms of the hybrid model coming to the office? I agree with you. I'm a big person. I love being in the office. I love putting on my suit. It, yep. it, it gives a bit of empowerment to feel like I'm, I'm actually achieving something, um, being around people. But you're right. Then you've got to balance that up with what about the people that just say, oh, no, look, I'm really happy to work five days a week and stay in my PJs and yes. um, sort of log in for a couple of meetings and that mental health aspect. It's not the fact that they're, they're, they're not as um, active or not as productive, but it's the mental health aspect that they could be going deeper into the world that we're not aware of. So yeah. how do the people in performance management teams or, you know, the old HR is what we used to call it back 20 years ago. Yep. How, how do they deal with this? So what's, what's some advice you could give to some of our listeners in terms of how would they go about chatting to their people? Yep. So our people and culture team led by Jess Morris are outstanding, PJ. And, 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 and again, I feel very fortunate to have a great leadership team. So Jess and, and Pierre and, and her team have been great. Yes, we have talked to the staff and yes, we've surveyed the, the, the wider teams. We do that quarterly in a normal business environment anyway. It, it's okay. called a pulse survey. Just check every, how, how things going, how you're working as a team, how's our communication, how's your manager. So that, that's pretty standard, but it's certainly helped through COVID that we're in that routine. Um, what, what, interestingly enough, Last year when we did the survey, the feedback from staff, I, I can't remember the exact stats, but I'm, I'm going to have a guess. It was circa 65, 70% of staff said working remote is great. And, um, you know, question mark on whether we really want to work, come back to the office. More recent survey, it was, it was lower. It was 45 to 50%. So our view of that is that people are a bit tired of lockdowns, a bit tired of not mm. being able to get into the office yep. um, and, and do want to return to the office. 
on a real positive note as well, I think when people were taking the first survey, a lot of our team weren't used to having the flexibility of working remotely. So they were comparing five days in the office with a commute every single day and, yes. and in the office to five days at home. Once, once now, again, I and the leadership of the team have reminded them that, that we've, we've got so much, um, we're so empowered now. We've got so much flexibility in the workforce. I mean, I, I, I talk about my teenagers again. They're going to come out of school now and their first job, I, I would imagine, unless things change, highly unlikely to be five days in an office a week. Like that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome for society forever takes out commute, provides flexibility, being a parent, being a friend, whatever it is. So, so, so that is fantastic. And then to the mental health and checking in with our staff. So in the first lockdown, our people and culture team called every single employee, uh, particularly in extended lockdown regions. So Victoria was a big focus of ours and just checked in with them. We adapted that um, this year where rather than just putting the burden on people and culture, the whole leadership team divided up the business and we randomly called everyone in the business. And I, it was quite funny, PJ, because imagine being on my list and uh, you get a random call from the CEO. And so, so for the first two minutes when people would answer the, the call or the, the Teams meeting, I think they were honestly thinking, what does he want? Why is he, why is he and, and when I would say, look, this is what we're doing. It's just, you know, I'd say, Paul, it's just a, a, a complete random check-in. We, we just want to understand how you're dealing, how, how you're going, working from home. Oh, wow, did they love it. And, and invariably, you'd, you'd go, some of them were five-minute chats and some of them were 45-minute chats where you'd hear yeah. either all the good or all the bad. And so we, we really enjoyed that, and, and I hope that our team enjoyed it. Certainly the feedback is, is great, and again, led by our people and culture team. So we, we survey them, we, we hear their feedback, we check in, and then we discuss a lot at the leadership team. And you mentioned some smaller businesses. Whilst we're 300 people, we are a bunch of different teams. Now, we're one business, so we're, we're all one team, but, but a big team for us is development. So that's probably our biggest team. A small team for us would be people and culture. You know, they're, yes. they're four, four people. Yes. Um, another smallish team uh, would be finance, you know, say 10 people. So within our business, we've also got teams operating like a small business, if, if that makes sense. And, and that's where we've provided, we've listened to the manager of, of those teams and we've provided actual autonomy for that team to roll out the best hybrid work approach for, for that team. So I could tell you now, developers seem to thrive in a remote world, um, yeah, yes. largely because of probably their, their, their job, what they're putting out, they're just punching out code. If they don't have to commute and they don't get interrupted with meetings, they love it. Yes. Um, salespeople would be the opposite. We, we, if they're not out talking to clients, we want them in here talking with each other and collaborating. Yes. And then, and then people and culture and finance, everyone's different. So that's where the hybrid comes in. Some people are in the office for a couple of days and, and some people are in for, for four or five days. Yeah, look, I love the, just the, the element there, again, to all of our listeners, the, the element of just, one, the check-ins and two, the care factor to make a phone call. So you've yeah. made it personal. I think the great thing you shared, you know, right at the start and so did I, we were vulnerable there. We, we shared, you know, guys, we, we, we found it really tough. The last yeah, three months has been easy. tough. Yeah. So I think sharing how you feel as well will then help team members to share how they feel. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, 
every every person I called, you know, the circa twenty people I spoke to individually, all got to hear my whinging about teenagers yeah. and, and, and lockdown. <laughs> and, and and my wife who who always runs a business from home. So she's a permanent remote worker. There you her go. life changed her life changed worse than anyone because all of a sudden she she had essentially three teenagers and I'm including myself in that <laughs> at, at home every day, uh, annoying oh. her in our breaks. Yes, 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 yes. Mate, fantastic. Now I'm gonna that's fantastic. Look, I always yep. see the, the two biggest things within a company, I'll call them the assets. This is me personally. Two biggest assets within a company are their people. People. Um, yeah. And secondly, is their customers. So we'll, we'll get to the customers in a second. I want to talk to you just quickly around where the profession is moving towards. And I see it, you know, you're a tech software company. Um, yeah. Artificial intelligence is, is playing a major role nowadays with so many things, you know, I've I've just got a new iPhone 13 and some of the stuff on there, it scares me as well. But we've seen things within the music industry, the film industries, um, with some of the, the, you know, look at the Abbott revival that's taking place now. It's all through AI. It's ridiculous when you yes. think about it, yeah. what they've done there. What about the accounting industry and artificial intelligence? Can you see that, that changing with AI? Uh, ab- absolutely. I, I actually think it, the accounting industry, whilst there'll be... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll joke about ourselves as an industry, the accounting industry, you know, the, the, the stereotypical accountant. in yeah. But the reality is accountants, I think, are often at the forefront of, of technology adoption. Um, big, big drivers of cloud technology. And I mean, and I know that's been done to death and is, is widely rolled out. But you, you talk about AI or and, and similar to AI, it's the first step there is machine learning. Um, and the reality is that's already in a lot of our tools and, and a lot of tools that accountants are using. Things like um, you take bank data feeds. So you download bank data feeds. Yes, you can manually put in a rule, but actually our technology is smart enough to say, well, 10,000 people have taken a transaction from BP and coded it to motor vehicle expense. Um, mm. Do you want me to do that? Sure. And, and then the only, the next step is, don't even ask. Just do it, and, do it. And, and and tell them I've done that. And that and that goes for um, moving data around. It could also be assist you know internally in an accounting practice. It says I can see that this field in working papers is, is up to date, and basically that data needs to hit this particular area of the tax return. So AI, machine learning, and and it's all about automation for for me and and for us. It's about automating as much of the process to to make accountants more efficient, essentially. Yes. So I, I think that a lot of the technology actually is already out there, PJ. And and will it keep innovating and, and progressing? A hundred percent it will. I I want to be clear, I see some talks or blogs about AI, machine learning and, and the profession will be replaced by robots. I 100% disagree with that. Okay. Um, the, the profession is about people and and the automation is about the tasks or the process that accountants need to understand what they can give back to their clients, what they can advise their clients on. So accountants have always wanted to streamline compliance. That is not new. That has been around for hundreds of years. Um, the, the tools today, AI, machine learning, or robotic automation, they help us speed up that back-end processing uh, so that an accountant can look at it, interrogate the data, and and then give their clients advice and also just make the client comply. That's very true. That's very true. And that's, that's you know, a lot of the times 
again, this comes back to the customer, doesn't it? What are we doing for the customer and using AI and tech and integration and automation to make it easier? Yes, yes. That's a very good point. Mate, moving a little bit into uh, the other bit of the asset that I spoke about just before and going about improving, let's say, um, and I mentioned sort of workflow. I know you guys workflow, have bought a new yep. workflow product. So how do you go about, as a CEO, go about improving the product and the service to your customers? You mentioned you've got, obviously, thousands of accounting firms that you work with. Um, you've got APS workflow as a product. Yep. How did you and your team go about improving what you already had? Yeah, I think the first thing there, it's it's definitely the team. I, I don't want to take any any credit for that. <laughs> I, I play my role. And, and again, we said at the start, I've been in the industry for a long time. So I, the other day I was in a meeting and I said, oh, this old dog's still got a few tricks. <laughs> and, uh, but but the reality is it's it's the team that that do that. And, and they're doing it far better and far more efficiently than I, I would have done it 20 years ago when I started in the profession. Same outcome, get client feedback. Yes. Um, so, so I'll give you an, an example. Well, I'll tell you about our process and then I'll link it back to workflow. Um, so we, we talk about human-centric design now. And, and essentially, that means it comes from the feedback from clients, so collaboration. Then we do a bit of prototyping. It's, we don't build a product. We, we prototype it. And we take that back to the client base to say, is this what you're meaning? Is this what you're talking about? And only then... Once, once we're all clear on what we're building, why we're building it and the feedback from clients, does it move into the actual development phase? And, and in the past, it's always been talking to clients, individual discussions, clients logging support calls and us having a chat, us running innovator forums where we get a bunch of clients together, um, or, or in the old days, we'd, we'd obviously run face-to-face -face conferences and get a lot of feedback. That all still exists, but it's complemented by tools today. We, we get to a certain stage of our prototyping. We actually give the, the client something on the screen that they can click through. And I have watched these videos myself of, of clients and thankful that, that our clients give us the time where they do this. They basically run through a process on their screen and we get to record them and basically watch two things, watch their mouse clicks, watch their interaction with the software. And you're really looking for where did they trip up? Where did it slow down the process? And or where, where did it delight them? And delight could be something as simple as a smile appears on their face when they click a button. And I know you, you might say that, that that seems freaky dealing with, with compliance or practice management software, yeah. um, but it does happen that if, if you're using a bit of tech and it's just super simple, especially if you know you're getting recorded and it's super simple to do what you want, you naturally smile, you look happy. If it's, I don't know what to, to do now, I don't know where to go, and I know I'm being recorded, you'll look concerned, there'll, there'll be a frown. So we, we, are, we are watching the individual, we're watching the human, and we're watching on the screen exactly what, what they're doing. So that, that's, I can tell you now, that's a lot more sophisticated to the way I would do it uh, in, in the early days with APS, of, of just talking to clients and feeding that back into development. Yes. So we're, we're spending more on design, user experience, um, prototyping than, than ever before. So what's the outcome of that? We, we're on a big journey taking APS to the cloud. And, and I mean, we've, we've had a, uh, it's been a huge journey. We've still got further to go, but we've, we're super excited by a lot of our releases. Workflow, you've mentioned, I'll talk about that in a sec. Ledger Plus, Reckon Insights, 
timesheets, reporting, and and APS workspaces, which is the entire APS suite today in the cloud. Um, so we're we're ecstatic about that journey. Is there more to do? Yes, there is a lot more to do, and there always will be. Yes, but but with workflow, it was early 2020, um, which feels like yesterday, but crazily two years ago. But um, we early 2020, and we our focus was timesheets and billing. That was our next on on cloud. We had workflow penciled in, based on some innovative forums and client discussions. Um, when we asked, what what's your biggest challenge? And what's the biggest thing that's going to help you drive efficiency? Actually, it just kept coming back to workflow. And then all of a sudden, we went into a lockdown world, and it rocketed to the top. And we basically pivoted because clients said to us, "We, I, I don't have visibility. So I'm not in the office. I can't get up and go and have a chat to PJ and see where the job's up to. Mm. But I want to... I don't want to bug them all the time and I don't want to jump on a Teams call, but I need to know where the job's up to, how it's progressing across all of my clients because I'm busier than ever. Um, so we saw a real need for workflow. So we flipped our priorities around. So that's just purely based on client feedback. Flipped our priorities around, threw more resources at workflow and got that out late last year and, and have constantly enhanced and enhanced that product. Um, then, then we came back to timesheets. We're, we're currently working on billing. And actually, what... The other thing we've had more recently throughout 2021 is, is yes, practice management, give us efficiencies there and, and take us on that journey to the cloud. But actually, accountants are more interested in us helping them with the compliance process. So it actually does come back to some of the machine learning automation integration we were talking about. So we've really had a focus on getting our new APS Ledger Plus product out um, it allows you to collect data from any any client system from Reckon, Zero, Mob, QBO, et cetera. Yep. Work on it in your in your cloud version of the ledger. Push that data back if that's relevant to the source yep. ledger, and run accountant style compliant reports or or analytics. Um, and and again, we fast track that on the back of client feedback saying if you can do one thing for me, APS and Reckon, speed up my compliance process. Right. Because that gets greater data out to the clients. It, it allows me to do my job more efficiently and yes. get data out to the clients. Practice yeah. management allows me to manage my own business and team and invoicing better. But accountants have always had a focus on their clients. So yes. almost client first. Um, and, and we've really respected and appreciated that. So we're, we're working on everything. I mean, the, the APS workspaces was our way of saying, if you want the entire APS suite in the cloud today, here it is. Um, but we, we, as we're going on the journey to the cloud, it can't be replace what you did yesterday on premise with a new cloud product that does the same thing. It's got to be, here's a new tool that replaces that function, but ideally it does it in a far more streamlined and efficient manner. Brilliant. And probably just to, touching on a couple of things there, because we, we talk about little golden nuggets, but some of the key things that, again, I've always worked to, to build businesses on is about getting client feedback and constantly getting feedback. So um, you spoke about human-centric design, um, forums, feedback, phone calls, whether it be the old, the old, I'm bringing 20 years again back into this, but I'm pretty sure they're still relevant. 
the old yep. advisory groups, um, gathering information, more importantly, from your customers, from your paying customers that you're saying, well, what can we do to improve our level of service and experience for you, which will then have a knock-on effect to your customers? Yes. And that's what you've been able to do. Yeah, absolutely. And my comment would be, you know, those, we used to call them user groups. Um, yes. But the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The innovator forums or advisory <laughs> forums, I can't wait. Like we've been running them in a, in a hybrid remote world now throughout the year and anywhere we could. So Adelaide, Brisbane, Perth, uh, sometimes in New Zealand, whenever we could, we've, we've run them face to face. I can't wait for the day where they're all face to face. And because often they'll finish with a bit of socializing, maybe a beer and, and some nibbles. Um, and and that's, that's as enjoyable. And often, sometimes you get that gold nugget once the formal part's done and you're sitting down enjoying a beer, chatting about the industry with a client and um, they just drop in something and I go, that's what we need to solve. One hundred percent, and that's that's an that's an element that we're all no doubt looking forward to as we get back to into twenty twenty two, and that ability to that's right that social element where when you're having a discussion and a beer, and it's like ah oh, the penny drops. Okay, interesting. Let me just store that one, yeah. And that's how you can take it back to the group and say, guys, this is what I just heard. What do you think? So absolutely fantastic, mate. What are the top three or four things that you're looking to improve and why as we move forward, you know, we're, we're ending 2021 and leaving hard to believe another 12 months is nearly gone. But as you move into 2022, what are the three or four things that you're looking to improve and why? Yeah. So, I mean, our journey has been, we, we've, we've had very strong software with wonderful clients for many years. And that's that's both APS with accountants and, and small business accounting and payroll software with our Reckon and Reckon account software. So our journey actually, PJ, over the last five to seven years has been provide, the, provide even better software, but provide it in the cloud. Gladly, we're largely through that. So today it's all of it, it's about finishing that off wherever we need more work to be done. But it's actually about what I mentioned before, Whatever we're giving our client today, whether it's a new billing system, a front-end workflow tool, um, a payroll app, um, whatever we're providing clients today, it's got to drive more efficiencies and it's got to be a delight to use. Uh, one, of the, one of the development teams or a big part of our development team, we talk about cool for the kids. Mm. And, and that's <laughs> because there's a generation now who've just grown up with a mobile phone as a, in their pocket and as an extension of their arm they they don't have the patience. I don't say this rudely. I say this in terms of we've got to deliver to it. They don't have the patience for software not to be innovative and easy to use to get the outcome. Now, that's easy for a Spotify that's playing music. That's not so easy for a tax bit of software or a payroll bit of software. Um, but we, we are really enjoying the challenge of doing that. Um, I've probably gone off topic. What are our three or four things? Mate, we, we've, we've been super happy to deliver APS in, in the cloud with, with APS workspaces. Um, we'll continue providing new, better to use interfaces. So we've done workflow, we've done timesheets, we've done reporting. Uh, we're, we're working on Ledger Plus now um, and, and Insights being an analytic tool. The whole focus is streamline the processes for an accounting firm from compliance to also making sure they look after their own business with easy to use tools that help them drive their workflow and and uh, capture the time and, and invoice out to clients. Yeah, brilliant. So that that full call it as we just mentioned just then, you've got the you got the internal mechanisms in terms of practice management and billing and 
all of that. And then you've got the external as well with the cloud-based solutions you're providing to the firms to then provide their clients with greater data. Spot on. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, mate, um, look, well, we could probably continue to talk and it's, it's, it's something that I, I always enjoy chatting to you. We probably don't spend as much time as we both like to do it because of probably yeah. COVID as well. But uh, look, thank you for joining me today. To all of our listeners, look, there's an amazing insight. I'll say an amazing insight because I know the fella and I know he's a pretty um, authentic, uh, real. He works pretty hard on making things work for himself and for his people and for his company. So I know Sam's always been a, a big believer in personal development. So, But there's an amazing insight to the mindset, maybe the thought process of a CEO of a public company. So I really thank you for being a part of this CEO series made of Talking Numbers. Um, as I My said before, I, I, I always love chatting to you and I always look to learn from someone every day and there's been so many different learnings in there. So thanks for joining me today and, mate, I look forward to catching up in 2022. My absolute pleasure, PJ. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Sam. Today, I have the pleasure in chatting to Adam Besarevic, CEO of Virtual Financial, formerly Spectrum Financial Services. Now, Adam, before I welcome you to Talking Numbers, one of the key things that I know your company is starting to do, and it's, it's an interesting tagline, you're providing financial services to all Australians, or let's call it affordable financial services to all Australians. I look forward to sharing more about that, but I'll, let's, let's delve into that a little bit further. Today, I have the pleasure in chatting to Adam Besarevic, the CEO of Virtual Financial, formerly Spectrum Financial Services. And Adam, welcome to Talking Numbers. But before we get into that, I want to just touch on one of your key taglines, and it falls in line with your brand, Virtual Financial, but also making financial services affordable to all Australians, which is really important, I feel. 